Velocity is this weekend. Who's going? Tickets are still available at VelocitySeattle.com. Link in the show description. I think if you buy them beforehand, it's a little cheaper. Uh, what else can I say about Velocity other than I'm so excited. I'm going to be recording a live podcast with Richard Devine, Lisa Belladonna, and Daedalus. I'm going to be talking with them about live performance. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, go check out the Patreon page or the Discord Patreon page and submit some questions that you'd like me to ask. Either Lisa Belladonna, Richard Devine, or Daedalus, or all three. I'm going to be talking to them again about live performance, so let's keep the questions somewhere within that realm. But, uh, yeah, and then I'll be releasing the episode, the live podcast as an episode, hopefully the following week, so you'll be able to hear your questions there if you uh, can't make it in person. I'm just so, so excited, I tell you. Uh, Eli from Mystic Circuits is going to be staying with us, and so is Daedalus. I get to go pick up Alfred at the airport on Friday. I'm just, just so, so dang excited. So once again, get your tickets at VelocitySeattle.com. Welcome back to Podular Modcast. My name's Tim, and this is part two of the module exploration episode, the pre-velocity episode, and playing some uh, listener-submitted music episode. I left you last week with a really crazy patch um, that I was going to walk you through, and then I unpatched it because I was going to go camping. Well, I did go camping, but I was going to record a uh, remote performance while out camping. And guess what this dangus did? This dangus here forgot his headphones at home. I thought about maybe doing a patching without hearing it and then uh, and then performing that patch, but uh, I don't know, that probably would have been uh, an exercise in futility. So yeah, regarding the patch I left you with last week, um, I'm gonna just try to, to, to the best of my ability, play it and walk you through what I was doing uh, there. And then I'm gonna also look at some of those modules that I mentioned last week that I didn't get to this week, like the Minsk stereo image processor and the, uh, the Music Thing modular graphic EQ, and then maybe even play a little something that I've been working on, I don't know. But before we get into any of that, I just wanna say thank you to Patchworks for your continued support of Podular Modcast. Please visit them online at p-a-t-c-h-w-e-r-k-s dot com. You can go there and look at all the great stuff from Qubit, Make Noise, Mystic Circuits, After Later Audio, Recovery Effects, uh, Foreign Mess, all sorts of stuff. What else is there to talk about? I did go camping this weekend, like I mentioned a little bit ago, and it was a lot of fun. I shot a lot of video. I'm practicing getting better at shooting video. There might be a new uh, weird little uh, crazy witchy short film coming out here in the future. I like to talk my friends uh, into being into being little characters when I go out and uh, camping with them. And uh, yeah, so we'll see if something cool comes out of that. And speaking of camping, did anybody see Starlink go through the sky this weekend? I saw it Friday and Saturday night. And it was, we didn't know what it was at first. We're all just standing out camping and then, holy crap, what is that in the sky? No one, we didn't know about it or anything. And then the string of lights goes flying over us. There was like 20 or something. Um, and it kind of looked like they could be drones or satellites. It was kind of like, how high are those things? And then uh, as they passed over us, I, they just slowly started to disappear and I would, and because uh, they were heading east and I was like, you know what? I know exactly what just happened. They just got out of the sunlight. The sun's down behind the earth and as they're disappearing. So I'm like, those gotta be, I bet that's Elon Musk. And we looked it up and sure enough, it was Elon Musk with his Starlink satellites. And uh, I'm not a big fan of Elon Musk, but uh, it was cool to see. And I was kind of hoping it was alien related, but uh, you know, no such luck. All right, let's get into some listener submitted music. This track is called Limitless. It's off of the album Cushman in Cakefield by Super Hydro. It's like a hip hop electro album. 
Uh, this one doesn't have any uh, uh, vocals on it, but there are vocals on other tracks. There's a cassette, um, and the Coco Qantas was used heavily on this album. All right, let's check this out. So much Super Hydro for that submission. Please visit Super Hydro on Bandcamp. The album is Cushman and Cakefield. The track was limited, limitless, excuse me, not limited, the opposite of limited. Um, and there's, of course, a link in the show description. So here is that crazy patch that I left you with last week. Um, I did, like I mentioned, I unpatched it, so I can't tell you exactly what's going on. Um, but I also thought would walking you through every patch point just like in audio format without video, would that be that interesting? I don't think so. So basically here's what's going on. I've got the 4MS Ensemble Oscillator running into a 2LPG from Takab. I love this LPG. It's a, uh, it's, I've talked about it before on the show. It's 3HB, which is a weird size, two channels. It's passive, um, it's Vactral. So yeah, super fun. I'm running the Mystic Circuits item into the CV inputs of that and then the A and B outputs from the Ensemble Oscillator into that. So that's what's giving it this kind of plucky sound. Um, and then I'm running that into the QPOS and the Mimeophone. Actually, I'm running, it in, I'm running the 4MS into the QPOS first and then to the LPG, then to the Mimeophone. Um, I am also running some bipolar uh, voltage sources in, from Carve into the DPW20, and then I'm running the output from the 20 
into the switch from DPW as well. And then I'm also uh, hitting the, uh, the trigger input on the, the 2-0 with something from item. So it's combining and uh, switching between all these different modulation sources that are going into the various parameters of QPAS, the, the frequency and the, the two rotates. So we're getting some really cool clicky stuff from our, you know, our resonance on our filter, but also from the LPG using Aurora, um, or actually the FDN network delay. Um, so from from Qubit, uh, what else? I think I think that's pretty much what's going on here. Um, but yeah, I just love this item. It's so much fun. It pairs so well with the Pachinko. I feel like between the two, you can just you can get so much really really cool. Um, just IDM sounding drum beats. Uh, so yeah, what I what I want to do now is I want to play you. I, I tried to record some. Well, I didn't try to. I recorded some drums with my V drum set, uh, along with this patch. I kind of changed some things around tempo wise, and then I also patched in just the clock of the patch into the the input for surface, so I could have a metronome to play along with. Um, and then I removed that track, so there's no metronome. Um, but I'm not that great at playing along with a metronome, but, you know, I think uh, I think it'll be fun to, you know, over the next, I don't know, as long as I'm doing the epi these episodes of Podular Modcast and trying to learn how to get better at drums, uh, maybe I'll just show, you know, share my progress with you. So I'm not editing out any of the, the mistakes or anything. This is just one of the takes I did uh, recording drums along with this patch, and I hope that you enjoy it. Okay, so you 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 probably heard some some misstep some missteps time wise there and and whatnot and the you know the V drums uh, brain that I have is is kind of cheesy and it doesn't have outs for all of the different um, pieces of the drum kit. It's just a stereo out, so I couldn't really mix the drums well, anyways. But what I would like to do is do stuff like this. Um, play a bunch of drum beats that I'm kind of digging and that I think might kind of work well with uh, the patch and then find all the different parts that sound really good together, cut them all up and construct, um, you know, a piece out of it. And uh, this of course needs some low end. So maybe a, a cool bass line. I don't know. I'm still, it's still up in the air whether or not I want to continue working on it, but I thought it would be fun to, to share with you. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. And speaking of drums, I'm going to play a track from um, one of my favorite drummers, actually, from one of my favorite bands, Tortoise. This is John Herndon. 
Uh, he has a, um, a solo project called A Grape Dope and an album called Backyard Bangers that was part of the Arthur King Presents series. Uh, this track is called Duck Duck. Let's get into it. Once again, that was Duck Duck from A Grape Dope. Now, I uh, am going to try out this uh, graphic EQ from uh, Music Thing Modular. I am a huge EQ head. Um, <laughs> can you be an EQ head? I think so, maybe. I don't know. Um, but that's always the biggest problem uh, with my... with my recording of patches is just getting things I can never quite get the frequency ranges that I want um, I know filters are good for that but I, I feel like filters are too heavy-handed um, so yeah I really wanted actually wanted to get two of these um, but you know money and stuff so I thought I'd get one and try it out before I decided to get another because I would like to get my stereo signals to go through an EQ um, so 
I'm actually, once once we go through the EQ, I'm going to run that mono out into the Minsk so I can get a stereo image of it. Um, right now, we do not have any EQing going. This is a stereo out from Adam um, from After Later Audio. It is an Elements. Uh, it's a short, a smaller version of Elements. I'm running the Ensemble Oscillator into the Exciter in on that. I am triggering it with IDUM. I'm also triggering some uh, modulation from Carve and Boundary uh, into, yeah, that I'm triggering those two with IDUM. And then let's see what else am I doing. Uh, yeah, I'm just modulating different parameters of the atom, like the space, which is like a reverb type thing, and uh, the amp and the flow for the uh, the blow and bow sides of atom. Um, so those basically are kind of like VCAs for uh, the two different voices. Adam has three different voices. Um, I actually did a really, really uh, in-depth uh, overview of Adam on the After Later Audio webpage, if you, or YouTube page, webpage. God, I sound so old. Um, so yeah, if you want to check that out to kind of get a, a better uh, understanding of what Adam or Elements is. Um, anyways, then I'm running that into Morphogene and recorded this for a while into Morphogene. Um, and then, of course, I morphed it out. So I brought it down a few octaves, and I'm using some of that modulation that I talked about from Carve and Boundary to, uh, to mess with the slide and the gene size. So let's just listen to the recorded side here. I'll just bring it around. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so this is the, uh, the Morphogene side. And as you can hear, it's uh, it's kind of wily as far as volume goes, and it really has a lot of those frequencies that I don't like, um, just in in sound and in general. So I, I kind of purposely made uh, a patch that had some of the low mid, oh, like right there. Um, some of the low mid frequencies that I don't like and then also the really high clicky. So once again, I'll go back to the Atom. Um, let's see here, turn it down. So the nature of the way this patch is working, we have this, this clicking sound which almost sounds like the kind of clicking you don't want in music. Uh, and by almost, I mean totally sounds like that. Um, so yeah, I, that, I, I wanted to make something with the frequency ranges that I don't like uh, to to see if this graphic EQ could uh, take care of some of them. So even though this is a stereo signal now, I'm going to, I'm actually going to switch, just do a little unplug here. Okay, so now I've got just one of the channels coming from Morphogene. Um, or actually now this is just Adam. I'm bypassing Morphogene and going into the... Uh, the graphic EQ. I also am running it through the uh, Qubit FDN reverb. I called it a delay earlier. I'm, I apologize for that. So here, here's the wet signal, the 100% wet signal. And then dry. And I think I think this sounds pretty good, just a little bit below 50%. But uh, let's just take that out um, for now. Let's let's see if, let's just try this this clicking sound. Can I get some of these clicking uh, frequencies? And I actually don't know. I'm doing this in real time, so you're gonna find out with me. This is my first time really trying out this graphic EQ. So the highest um, band here in the, the graphic EQ is 16 kilohertz. So let's just bring that down really quick. Bring that back up to where it's not changing at all. So I don't think that is the range that is uh, doing the thing that I don't like. So now I'm going to try the 7.7 .7 kilohertz. Sounds a little closer. Actually, I'm going to try the, the two. Okay. All right, well, all right, I'm going to bring those back up to normal. Let's try the 2.5 kilohertz. Nope, that's not it. It seems like the 7.7 .7 is the closest. Yeah, so now I've got the uh, the 16 and the, the 7 
all the way down here. Um, it doesn't take them all the way out, so right off the bat, something that I would like to have on this graphic EQ is to like do a full roll-off of uh, the stuff that I don't like. But I think that sounds a little bit better. Let's turn those, let's, let's get it back to the normal signal. And then turn those back down. Now I think if I do some reverb on that, it'll soften it up even a little bit more. Okay. So, okay, yeah, maybe these are, may, actually these clicks are probably just way too high for this EQ to really uh, do much to it. If it's, uh, if the highest frequency range is 16, well, I don't know. It's hard to say because we can, as humans, hear up to 20 kilohertz, but uh, I'm almost 40, so I probably can't. All right, so let's um, let's try, let's bring this uh, morphogene in. And let's see if I can get rid of the um, these low-mid frequencies that are, oh, these drive me nuts. Okay, so... I'm actually going to start with the 410 hertz, which is the third lowest frequency range. That's not it? Okay. Ooh, it's 160 though. I just took that all the way down. So let's bring that back up. Back down. Oh yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, I might have just found... Uh, I just might have found <laughs> what I wanted in this. Let's turn the, um, let's see, this is a 63 hertz, the lowest. Okay, that's all the way down. Let's turn that all the way up just to see what it pushes. Yeah, that's too much. That's, that's no good. I'm just going to turn that down a little, and I'm going to go back to that, uh, that 410. Let's take the reverb out. So already this is this is already in a lot better shape. So I would definitely record this and then uh, maybe just put it in on its own track so I could further EQ it with uh, with an EQ plugin. Let's turn this reverb back up. Now let's uh, let's add some of that original atom signal that we recorded into it back into the mix. Just kind of doing a 50-50 mix of uh, what I recorded into Morphogene and the the atom. And let's turn these highest two frequency bands down. And I usually don't like to boost with EQ, but let's just, uh, since I'm not messing with the, um, let's see, what are these ranges? The 2.5 kilohertz and the 1 kilohertz. Let's give those a boost and just see what happens. So that's the 1 kilohertz, boosted all the way up. Back down to normal. Actually, I think I like that boosted a little bit. Kind of gives a little bit of that, re that, it gives the reverb a little bit more presence, I think. And let's try this, uh, this 2.5 kilohertz. Take the reverb out real quick. Okay, so this is my EQ'd version. Let's go back to no, no change in EQ. So I can already hear, yeah, unacceptable, unacceptable, oof, no, no good. So let's turn all those back. Uh, now I forgot what my settings were, but that's all right. The general idea. Bring that reverb back in. Okay, I think that actually sounds pretty cool. So now because this is mono, 
let's run this into the Minsk stereo image processor. Um, you can do a stereo image into it and do some mid-side stuff. Um, there's a, a couple different settings on it, so we'll talk about those in a minute. It also has a send and return, which I really, really dig. So you can um, you could run your uh, your stereo out from your your mixer into it uh, if your mixer doesn't have any sends and returns, and you could uh, use that to maybe get a, a reverb in the loop. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can do with this, and I'll be back. Well, I actually won't leave to you because we've covered this many times. Uh, time travel. So I'm gonna time travel. Okay, now I have the uh, what we were listening to from the graphic EQ in into the. Uh, Sorry, I had to turn some levels down. Got an automatic boost from the Minx here. So yeah, going from the graphic EQ into the mono input for the Minx. So it's got, sorry for the squeaky microphone here. It's got uh, two different switches on the left and right side of it. One is uh, a side high pass filter. Looks like it goes from 350 to 50. Uh, I'm guessing kil uh, kilohertz. No, that wouldn't be right. Maybe hertz to kilohertz. But why would you want 50? I don't know. I should probably read the manual. But before I do that, let's just turn the both of these switches on. I'm gonna hard pan these tracks here, so. Uh, so hopefully you're hearing a, a difference. And then the switches now are to their full right position. Getting some like phasing. Whoa. Is that coming from the Minx? It is. Okay, wow, I didn't know this could do phasing stuff. Alright, well, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm actually going to time travel again, um, and I am going to look this thing up <laughs> so I can actually tell you what's happening, uh, because I, I haven't done that yet. Okay, so let's just uh, check it out really quick on the, uh, the homepage here. God damn it, I did it again, homepage on the product page on the uh, Chaos Devices website. Um, Minsk is a stereo image processor. It is a hybrid tool that combines digital and analog processing to facilitate advanced mid or side manipulation of a stereo signal pair. It allows for separate treatment of the mid and side component, uh, components, components which affects the depth and width of the auditory scene. Minsk offers both manual and voltage control of the stereo width, as well as two dimensions, uh, two dimension effects for enhancing the existing stereo image or creating a faux stereo image based on the stereo or mono input source. So that's what I'm doing right now is creating that faux image sort uh, image. Uh, God damn it, I can't talk. All right, take two. What I'm doing here. <laughs> Creating, uh, creating the faux stereo signal based off of uh, a mono in. Uh, because it can eliminate out-of-phase low-end frequencies, which is a really, really useful aspect of it, another reason I got it, um, Minx is especially handy. Especially? It's because it was Minx. I can't, uh, you guys, it's 12 o'clock. It's midnight. I worked all day. Then I went and taught a class. Now my wife's asleep, that's why I'm talking so quietly. 
So my brain's a little mush right now. That's why I just said especially, because I promise you I know it's especially. So because it can eliminate out of phase low end frequencies, Minsk is especially handy during the preparations of a vinyl release or before a club concert. Okay. So here are some of the features, stereo image manipulation, you can do mid-side processing, mono to faux stereo conversion, stereo dimension enhancement, manual and CV stereo width control, low cut on side component, visual stereo image indicator. So yeah, there's a nice little set of LEDs that are, um, there's actually three red ones and then two yellow, uh, and they're all spread out across the module so it can give you a nice, uh, nice visual reading of what's happening. So there I just turned the mid side all the way up. And now I'm gonna, so that's two side, probably. And then if I, oh, that's because I've got nothing plugged into the right side. Okay, yep. So maybe I should actually take the other output here and put it into the right input. So now we have the EQ'd signal and the non-EQ'd signal going in. I think that already sounds a lot better. switches here to see what sounds good um, but why don't we look at what these switches do Also running the atom into the Q-pass before it gets to the uh, morphogene. So I just uh, uh, got the low-pass output, so I'm just going to take some of that down, uh, the frequency down on that, because I think it just sounds a lot better. So, the, the two knobs. There's the image knob and uh, Wait, no, that's not what I want to talk about. Okay, so these two switches I was talking about. One of them is the dimension effect, which is a way of uh, adding a feeling of dimension to your audio signal. So it could be used for enhancing the existing stereo pair or for creating a faux stereo image from a mono source, like I said earlier. Uh, so that's what we're doing right now. Um, so there are two, uh, two different settings on this. There's the A and B, so dimension A is a variant based on the Haas effect, which I was actually teaching about tonight in my class, which is kind of funny. But um, so it's it's basically a short uh, and very slowly varying delay introduced between the left and right channels. So in this case, the uh, the faux left and right channels. So that's how you, that's why we're getting this like phasing effect with it. So let's turn that off really quick. So this is with that off. And we'll get that uh, back to that A setting for the, the, the phasing kind of thing with the Haas effect. Turn this reverb back on to give it a little bit more something to chew on. You can, re yeah, there we go. We can really hear that phasing. So once again, I'll turn it off and back on. And then the uh, the second switch is a uh, a low cut filter. So. Um, this can be used for 
when you're trying to uh, maybe record something for vinyl because eliminating off-axis low end is a common requirement for vinyl cutting and other media. Um, so you can do a 350 or no uh, filter slope, so or a filter cutoff. So at 300 hertz, the filter slope is uh, 12 decibels per octave, while the 50 hertz setting uses a steeper 24 decibels per octave curve. So let's turn that on. Let's go to the 30 really quick. Actually, I'm going to turn the uh, the high frequencies back up on the, uh, the graphic EQ so we can hear that. So I'm going to turn the high pass filter on the Minsk off. And we'll go to 30. Actually, let me turn this the phasing thing off too, just so we can really hear it. That's with it off. That's with it on. I don't hear a lot of difference. I'm probably just not putting the right kind of signal into it. Or not 30, sorry, that was 300. Now this is 50. Don't hear a lot of difference on that, but again, um, likely user error. Oh, I didn't finish the other side, sorry. The B, all right, turning the high pass filter off. The B uh, setting on the dimension uh, is a variant based on early reflections. So basically that's kind of like reverb. So um, they're based on the early reflections as present in most reverberant spaces. So let me turn the reverb off on the Aurora here. So this is with nothing on the dimension. the early so it's not going to add reverb but it's going to make it feel maybe like a space that has some reverberations in it all right let's mess with the minx a little bit without the eq with the stereo signal going in um so we can make sure that we're fully uh fully wrapping our heads around it All right, now I've got the uh, stereo signal going in, so let's mess with this a little bit. So first, let's just do the uh, the image to um, from mid to side here. So this is the main knob in the middle. So that's all the way over at mid, all the way to the left. Here's the noon position. Actually, I'm not sure if this does anything if neither of the modes are on. Well, yeah, it does, because there's the two side. All the way over to the full right. Okay, so let's go to the noon position, turn this high-pass filter on, and we'll go to the Haas effect, or the, uh, kind of the, yeah, the Haas effect, like, phasing switch. So once again, all the way over to the side. or all the way over to the mid, uh, fully counterclockwise, fully clockwise to the two side. Yeah, we don't have anything there. Oh, whoa, that's cool. Oh, okay, hold on a second. There we go, okay. So there's also, I thought this was just an attenuator or attenuverter for the imaging, but it is not. So here we go with the position knob all the way to the right and all the way over to the two side um, of the mid side knob, the main knob. Uh, here's no filtering. Here's with the 30, excuse me, 50 hertz. And there we go, there's the, the 300 kilohertz. So now I've got the image in the middle and then all the way over, okay, to the mid on the image processing knob. Okay, so that's how you get the uh, the filter to do stuff. And then if you put the position all the way to the left, the position knob, then you're, I imagine you're just getting that left signal. 
Okay, I can hear it working there. Alright, let's check out now. Let's turn the uh, reverberant space one on and let's turn the, 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 uh, the reverb mix down on the Aurora there. Okay, so I'm going to turn that off now. This is unaffected. There's with the uh, the the early reflect early reflections on the dimension B switch. I feel like this has got to be so hard to follow without a visual. I think my takeaway here is uh, this is a really cool module um, that probably. Uh, would be super useful for all sorts of different types of frequency ranges and different types of signals. So maybe I did create a good patch for the Graphic EQ, but I'm not convinced that this is the best patch for the Minsk. But with that said, it is after midnight, so I'm already late for releasing this episode, and uh, I need to go to bed. I'd like to thank you all for listening to this episode and these last two weeks of the module module exploration. I'd like to do this every so often. I've done this kind of before, but yeah, if you're if you're into this, I have been doing PodMod for almost five years, just you know, talking to people and uh, you know, I'm I'm open to to trying new stuff out. So yeah, if this is if you want more of this, let me know. I promise if you if if we do this more often I will get better at it. Maybe uh maybe messing with modules for the first time and really trying to use them while recording yourself talking about it is not the best idea. I don't know. Maybe it's fun. Don't forget about Velocity coming up this weekend. I'm so excited for that. Uh, thank you so much to Patchworks for your continued support of Podular Modcast. Also, thank you to Afterlater Audio for your continued support of Podular Modcast. Thank you for listening. And if you're out there and you're supporting the show on Patreon, I very much appreciate it. Uh, yeah, let's let's grow that thing. Let's get it. Let's get it to where I, I uh, can and ha can have pod pod mod be my main job. That'd be cool. I could do way more of this and be way better at it. Um, that's all the digital panhandling I will do. I'm actually gonna leave you with a track that's uh, gonna be coming out on cassette here this year um, on a cool label. That's about all I'll say about it, but uh, I've mentioned my friend Steven Jett, who plays piano and used to build organs. We've, uh, we've made a lot of music together. We have an album out called Bones of the Structure, which is it's cool, but the one that we're about to release is so much better. Um, so I'm going to play you one of my favorite tracks from that uh, as a little sneak peek. And... Uh yeah, this week's, I think I'll end it now. So this week's secret word is bound, B-O-U-N-D, bound. Until next week.
Thank you. 